Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 228. And we have our occasional recurrent guest rather than our practical co-host. Hello, hello. It's me, Thomas. How are you, Thomas? I'm doing well, thank you. So how is life in the distant eight-hour past? Oh, just fabulous. Yes, we know what's going to happen. Was that fabulous with or without employed jazz hands? Without. Aww. So and how's everything over there? Lovely day. Oh, echo, echo. Please tell me you said echo twice. <laughs> just like that siren go past. Yes. It's not actually an ambulance. It's just somebody on a push bike with a siren. Pendling really fast. Yes. Good evening, everybody. I say evening. It's actually uh, mid-afternoon here. We'll start recording on a Friday afternoon. We're going to do two, two episodes tonight with Thomas. The first one is the SD1 episode, Crusade. Hopefully, the two episodes will fly by. Yes, indeed. So I'm just getting everything downloaded and ready here. Still downloading Inferno. I'm easy. That's it. Nothing like leaving everything to the last minute. I forgot I had a link to the Dropbox. (laughs) (laughs) So how's everything in sunny Euro-Asia area? Quite a nice day here. Do I count as Asia? I just had a general area. I know I'm pretty far east. I had a closer look on a map recently, and... Pretty much the only thing east of me is Russia. Great and cold, frozen swathes of it. Another excellent tweet by Alan. About to record a double crusade in Inferno. Episodes 228 and 229 brought to you by your cheerless podcasters. I'm a bit distracted and grumpy. Oh, I didn't tell you, Thomas, did I? Tell me what? I got tattooed on Tuesday. You got what? Ink, my dear boy. Oh, a tattoo. Mm-hmm. He violated his body. Hmm... I've violated my body for years in far worse ways than that. <laughs> we recorded Michael on Tuesday, and I'm, I am really with Ronan on that. The experiment had clearly failed. They should have just blown his head off. <laughs> well, it looks like Ripple Effect is winning the Season 9 poll. I didn't vote for it. Mike, you there? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we mentioned the fact that you seem to have gone quiet. Alan, have you read the Game of Thrones books? Of course. I'm making sure. I'm reading the third one right now. I'm listening to it. Runs wonderful 47 hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> Long read, then. My friend D. Gold on the RC channel seems to think that the show is cutting through a lot of the crap. It does, though. I've watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season yet. Adriana squeezed season two and season three in in under a week. Oh, really? Do you get ready for season four? We're watching season four. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Right, assuming I don't keel over during the recording, shall we commence? Well, if you do keel over, try to give us some indication so we don't muck about just saying, Alan, you there, Alan? <laughs> I don't know. a little bit as you pass out. It could sort of have a certain tragic comedic quality to it. <laughs> Cry out to Dr. Lamb help. Dr. Lamb? Oh, I saw her in uh, Smallville Season 10. You may have done. Yeah, Episode 6, I think. Obviously, I saw Michael Shanks. I tweeted about that. I'd forgotten he was Hawkman. How would you forget Michael Shanks as Hawkman? <laughs> I just thought it was ironic that he was appearing as a bloody Egyptologist. Oh, yeah, true. Michael Shanks playing an Egyptologist. Not character typecasting if I haven't heard of it before. Heavens, no. I've never actually seen Saving Hope. Does he ever drop an Egyptian reference in? No, because he's a Canadian doctor. You can still reference things that way. Just like how many MacGyver references did we have? Well, that was deliberate and probably with the encouragement of RDA. Not so much MacGyver references. I mean, I think it's a toss-up whether we'd more Wizard of Oz or Simpsons references. Oh, that was just the writers having a good time. I mean, the only flagrant MacGyver reference was in Children of the Gods. But when you're going to MacGyver it? Mm-hmm. I also like that. It's actually one of my favourite early episodes, where Sam and Jack look in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. Solitudes. One of my favourites. The fact that they're convinced it's an alien environment, because they've no reason not to think that. 
Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rem, inviting you to join us for the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, a weekly review and exploration of the sci-fi movies that we all love. Ever wonder why Stanley Kubrick removed A Clockwork Orange from distribution in the UK? Why did Ridley Scott's Alien have no eyes? Or who's the better dread, Sylvester Stallone or Carl Urban? Judgment time. And why do I hate The Fifth Element so much? Uh, really? Don't even get me started. Follow us on Facebook at Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. The Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. Subscribe in iTunes or visit our website at scifimoviepodcast.com. Just before we start, leave you this little Swedish thing. The Swedish phrase for pregnant is Vanta du barn, and it means waiting for baby. The Swedes are wonderfully literal people. If everybody's ready. Yep. Which is more warning than Mike usually gets, in fairness. <laughs> As per usual, we are going to be watching the Region 2 PAL DVD version of the episode. Runtime, 41 minutes, 52 seconds. No line. So hopefully we're all staring at a black screen with the counter at zero. Indeed. That we are. So what's the language for the countdown tonight, Alan? Given that it's Thomas and given that Adriana has stated she's missed the Irish version, although she hasn't listened in a while, a three, a doe. And clicky. Previously on Stargate SG One. Bala. Yeah, always a nice entrance. Allowing them to see through each other's eyes. I think we're in them. We're from another galaxy. Yes, this isn't, didn't end well. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> and we really didn't see enough of him. Mm. Yeah, he did a really good job. Isn't that looking awful all like Yeah, it does. All of a sudden, you realise how long it's been since this episode has actually aired. And you're thinking, hang on a minute, this was a big episode. Mm. What's been happening in the meantime? Uh-oh. Singularity is forming. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Mm. What was it, Dr. Lee? Little people. Mm. Oh, yes. I don't need to know ancient to understand what that is. A gate address to where he hid the weapon. Hey, nobody's guarding Cheyenne Mountain. What is it? Lunchtime? Shiny boots. Not very flattering shiny boots, if boots are your thing, but... Shiny boots, shiny boots of leather. Huh, there seems to be more of Valor than last time. Yeah, she looks a little round. <laughs> Men's locker. Always great to see Sergeant Siler. Was she actually pregnant, Claudia? She was seven months pregnant. Should we find a long gap? <laughs> yes, boys. <laughs> Bala having a field day. Come on, Cameron. I'd wipe that mirror long before now. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. <laughs> Do you want something? <laughs> Jackson. Is there something I should know? <laughs> what are you wearing, Cameron? <laughs> I hope you're wearing a towel. <laughs> uh-uh. I wouldn't really bet on it. <laughs> Interesting little teaser, that was. Sure. Indeed. Okay, then. Crusade, Season 9, Episode 19 of Stargate SG-1, The Gatecast, Episode 228. This episode was written and directed by Robert C. Cooper. I've often considered him one of the cornerstones of the series, even though he wasn't there right at the beginning. Crusade had its world premiere in the US, March the 3rd, 2006. We got it in the UK March 7th and the Canadians March 16th. Our friends across the channel got it July the 8th and the Japanese June the 18th, 2007 and the Swedes October the 30th. There were a few shows with the episodes of the same name. King's Men, Dr. Finley's Casebook, that's an old one from the uh, BBC, I believe, and Smallville. Hmm. And of course, there was a little JMS-produced science fiction show called Crusade as well. Just a wee one. Just a wee one. And we're back. How is this possible? <laughs> oh my god. It worked. I mean, you know, it's working. I'm seriously impressed with Sam. But of course, we didn't know she'd been working on replicating the communication device. Well, since you disintegrated the Alteran communication stones in the base terminal in the Kawush, we've I'm been. Sorry, the what? The unstable vortex of a forming wormhole. Kawush. Oh, the Kawush. Kawush. <laughs> we haven't heard him call that before, have we? Uh, my name is Vala, but I'm in Daniel Jackson right now. <laughs> anyway, we've been working on a way of artificially emulating the Alteran technology. 
It's really, I think, the only time they ever referred to them as the Alterans in SG-1. Like I say, the, the history of them, that Daniel came up when they find the treasure trove at Glastonbury kind of revealed a lot. Yeah. Hmm. We just didn't think we were having any luck. I'm really glad you are. I, I was desperately hoping... So you're quite... in the Ori galaxy? Yes. Are you able to communicate with Daniel? No, just see and hear you. See, we've been using the data collected from the stone that Daniel activated on this end, which is why you're connected to his body. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? Daniel always wanted to get into my pants, and now I'm in his. <laughs> <laughs> Being a very protective, aren't you, Cameron? Voila. We're the only other person on this end to touch a stone, so... Oh, I get, I get it. I can't exactly connect to myself if I'm not here. So the you know, last is... time we couldn't break the connection. Well, that should be easy. This time we just shut down the computer. No. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't take more than two months. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not something we want Daniel to go through bit of an interrogation. This is not exactly a casual conversation. Yeah. We suspected that the matter stream was sucked into the black hole. We all appreciate the part you played in destroying the enemy beachhead. Don't mention it. By part, I assume you mean lead role. <laughs> We're happy to hear that you're okay. Actually, for the record, I never said I was okay. Actually, the timing of this is a little awkward. Although in the commentary, uh, which was Robert C. Cooper and Peter West, director of photography, they said they wanted to make a point that the scenes within the SGC would be very simple, very plain, you know, very monochrome-like. Whereas when they jump to... Saves money for the other ones. Well, not only that, just to give you a very definite contrast between mm. Valor's experience in the Ori galaxy and back home, so to speak. Uh, so the next thing I remember was waking up in a bed. <laughs> of course, where else would Valor wake up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, but I damn well sure I enjoyed myself. Mm. And the village, that looked familiar. Mm. Anyway, it turns out this village was called Veriska. Uh. You know, this water is lovely, but I think Daniel skipped breakfast and I suddenly have a craving for pancakes and ice cream. Double chocolate fudge brownie, if memory serves. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a pregnancy craving. Could be. Throw a couple of gherkins in as well. <laughs> Thanks. So, where was I? In bed. Oh, yes, in bed. A man named Toman had apparently found me lying unconscious in the rings and had thought the gods had sent me to him. They were a little worried that having just, you know, the headshots, that'd be a bit boring. But as Peter West said in the commentary, there's nothing more interesting than the human face if it's filmed right. And if it emotes well. Yeah. Well, you're going to get that from Claudia when she's doing Valor. He seems to be limping. Yes. We will learn of his uh, physical disability as the Ori see it. Have fun. This is Tomin, played by Tim Guinea, an American actor. American? We've seen him recently in Revolution, Hell on Wheels, Elementary. He was also in Lie to Me. Very busy actor. Mm. Also on Twitter. Looks like Nathan Fillion in a certain light. <laughs> That's got interest from Thomas. What? <laughs> Captain Typhoon's here? It's interesting to see them actually mimicking to the Michael Shanks and Claudia. Mm. Well, God knows Michael Shanks has had enough experience at it in this show, mimicking someone. As you can see, the, the seas in these now are much warmer, shading and colour. They gave praise to Bridget Maguire again, and they said it was the 16th time this village that has been redressed. <laughs> also using it for Atlantis, of course. Mm-hmm. The burning, fiery thing in the middle must be a pain to move. Yeah, I assume it can be broken down into bits. Well, I, I assume that the fire is probably CG and it could be just plastic. Well, actually, you know, it wasn't. It was a practical fire when they originally used it. With Claudia sitting in the middle of it? Well, actual inner ring, that was only a foot from it. I did my best to blend in. At first, according to Toman, and therefore as far as the villagers were concerned, I was the woman who fell from the sky which made me feel kind of special. I later learned that they always suspected I'd escaped from another village as a result of some scandal, and then I started to feel much more like I'm used to. Oh, poor Valor. Burn the witch. Burn the witch. What worried me most were the Ori. <laughs> While no one had actually seen me or Daniel in person, that didn't mean that ascended beings couldn't recognise me. Now, who's going to pee? <laughs> of course. <laughs> you couldn't resist hope that maybe things were going to be okay. Ultimately, my goal was to try and find a way back here, or at the very least try and communicate with you, to let you know what was going on. And who would have thought Michael Ironside in Stargate? 
I know he's a busy actor and he turns up in the most unexpected places. But... From the anti-Ori underground. See if they had any technology or any information about an Ori Stargate I might possibly gain access to. But I had to be very careful. I say, though, when they got in touch with her, she was pregnant, so then they had to come up with an idea <laughs> to actually use the pregnancy in the story. And they do a very good job of it. Yeah, considering what comes to pass. The oddest contradiction. He claimed to be the most pious man in the village. And if anyone strayed from the path of righteousness, it was Sivas who made sure you were severely punished for it. Always good to have a decent-looking wench. Of course. Every village pub should have one. From all the preaching. So it's just like my grandma used to say. No point going to confession if you ain't got nothing to confess. <laughs> His grandma. Exactly. By the gods! Michael Ironside is playing the character Zevis. I was surprised. I did not know he was Canadian. Hmm. What makes you think that something like her would have anything to do with a rodent like you without reason? Mm-hmm. He's been in, well, well <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Vegas, Justified, Smallville, Cold Case, V, ER, Starship Troopers, of course. Sequest. 32, yeah. And the A-Team, believe it or not, from his early days. Oh, very witchy-looking. I think she's getting a good diet. I have picked things more precious out from between my toes. I soon realised it wasn't a contradiction at all. Daniel's got places to be. Sivas was doing the work of the gods by making sure this village had every reason in the world to prostrate, making him a very rich and very powerful man in the process. Believe me, I usually applaud the colourful details of a good story, especially when told with such interesting intergalactic and body-snatching means. But Daniel and I... <laughs> he had no time for this. Mm. He is on a schedule. Reader's Digest version, come on now. Get to the end. Cliff notes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We got the backstory. Toman is a nice guy. Sevis is a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> Toman and I got married. Ooh, Mary? Okay. <laughs> okay, rewind again. She missed out a whole month there. <laughs> you get the feeling that Valor is really happy to have this mm. company. Just the ability to talk to him, making the most of it. Well, <laughs> yeah, he has integrity, and of course... <laughs> okay, Duke's reaction. <laughs> Why exactly did you have no choice? You know what these people do to you when you do something wrong? They burn you alive. And why would they burn you alive this time? For getting pregnant out of wedlock. Nice echo effect there. You're pregnant? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are rather strict and orthodox. Figured I had to do something. I decided my only choice was to marry Toman as quickly as possible and pray the timing was close enough so he could be convinced the baby was his. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked this not 100% sure that I... Good use of a second monitor. Mm-hmm. Whose baby is it? That's a thing. I don't know. Yes, that's what every woman would do, isn't it, Vala? Or is that just you? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the baby daddy? Yeah, cameras and kidney. I'm sure it wasn't mine. <laughs> Between my arrival in the Ori galaxy and my wedding night, which was definitely after I knew for sure... There is no way, humanly possible, that I know of, that I could have gotten pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while then, hasn't it, Bella? That's quite remarkable. When the woman gets a diary out and stops looking at home, you go, hang on a minute. Someone going to say something? I think they're all just stupefied. Anybody? You normally don't get the hand gestures when you're, you know, <laughs> putting a date to your conception and pregnancy. <laughs> you have been impregnated without copulation. Yes, and I'm absolutely terrified. Have any of you ever heard of anything like it? <laughs> well done, Dilk. It took him a while to actually process that. Mm-hmm. One? Well, there's one. Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> I did that, didn't I? <laughs> you were? Yeah, I've been reading everything I can find on our ancient friend Merlin. According to some of the legends, he enchanted the queen who bore Arthur. I have to go. Wait. Oh, the general's getting a little a little impatient. Me carrying this child right now is a problem, a big problem for me, but believe me, there is one which is much, much bigger. Oh, dear. Woman, come on. Perhaps you should have led with this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you overneed, though, it gets She's not a bad drummer. <laughs> Flower everywhere. We always knew Vala had her own particular fetishes. Look at me. I have legs. You've always had legs. I have boots. 
You have three of them. The prior blessed me. I can walk. I can run. I mean, you could walk before. You can what? I've been conscripted. Well, he doesn't limp anymore. Whatever damaged him has been fixed. Hmm. And armies by the tens of thousands. The village I am living in is one of many on a world among dozens like it. As we feared since the day Daniel met the Ori, they have been preparing their followers for a crusade. I suppose you've got to say that the Ori aren't taking any chances. If there's one able body that can fight, they're going to take them to the Milky Way. Any resemblances there to Jafar armor? Not really. They do like the shoulder pads, though. Yeah. <laughs> Looks almost like scale armor. That they reject the teachings of origin and would have us stray from the path. But these so-called unbelievers, they're so far away, how can they affect us? Why the do evil must not be there? allowed to we... fester anywhere. I suppose, you know, it's curved, it's plate, you know, it's overlapping as well. So it probably, the all right probably know that they'll be coming up against the projectile weapons just as much as energy-based. Although you wonder how important the, the safety of individual soldiers is to the all right. I think that so far we could do a good job against them. You can imagine somebody having the idea of having a kind of an earthing cable running behind you. Nothing I say will change your mind, will it? Fear not. Once we warriors of Ori have vanquished the wicked, I shall return. No, he, he's led an unremarkable life in worship of the Ori, and now they've called upon him. There is pretty much nothing you can do or say. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a man with integrity who thinks he's doing the right thing. And he's got no... Doesn't evil characters overall think they're doing right in their own mind? Oh, yeah. True evil does not recognize its own twisted nature. Yeah, you guess the months you spent with Tomin have really had an effect on her. He has been raised since birth to believe in the Ori, to follow Origin. This isn't a fight anyone can win. Not without a tragic amount of bloodshed. You can see this is hitting Valor hard. She's obviously invested in Tommen. I better get down there. Go ahead. Since you've been gone, we've learned a few things about the Ori that their followers might be interested to know. It doesn't matter what the truth is about the Ori. The people won't hear it, no matter what you say. Obviously, some of them are suspicious enough to form a resistance. I do like the little ornament, or the uh, little device she's been experimenting on. Hmm. Communication Stones version 2. Yeah. They were a little worried about this idea of immaculate conception, though. Mm. Although, as they explained in the commentary, they're going more towards a Rosemary's Baby type of story. This was something that was done to her for a purpose by a higher power. That's not good. I mean, Stargate have always walked a very fine line when it comes to criticising religion in any form. He's uh, otherwise occupied at the moment. He's on the loo again. On oh, delicate way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the fourth time since he's come back. Seeing as he negotiated the original treaty between our two countries, resulting in Russia loaning you our target. Yes, loaning. In return for full participation in this program and considerable sums of money. Well, they would have thought it. The Russians and the Chinese in cahoots. I only ask for this meeting out of courtesy to you and Dr. Jackson. You have been admirable comrades in our cooperative efforts. <laughs> what sort of figure would you put on it, though? Mm. It is literally priceless. Well, as you'll know, the treaty renewal comes up in two weeks. Russia will no longer be participating under the current structure. What are you saying? I'm saying we are taking our Stargate back. Smug look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Two what? <laughs> Two weeks' notice. Oh, reasonable, I suppose. We have the Daedalus. We'll just steal one from another planet. We get DHD and everything. I don't know if they figured out they can do that yet. Yeah, because as we learn in Off the Grid, it took Bal and his minion quite a bit of time to work out how they could do that. The only reason we've got two Stargates is because the world placed a second one on Earth. And the knowledge to do that was uh, was lost probably with Ra. Now, I guess I th they could probably think it'd be reasonable since the Children of the Gods at the, the ending of Season 1 where the Stargate was on the mothership. I think it's within, once it's within a reasonable distance of the uh, planet. Yeah, there's only so many decimal points when it comes to uh, the location of the gate. Maybe you fell asleep, you know. That's happened to me before. I've been drunk and not remembered whole days. <laughs> uh, that ain't good. I wasn't talking about me. Oh? Oh, yes, you was. No, I was 
Just wondering if you ever heard of the R.I. giving someone a baby magically. Yeah, they perform miracles all the time, right? If you say so. Denya is played by Daniela Evangelista, Canadian actress. Recently seen in Pacific Rim, We're Our 13, Supernatural. Before that, 4400, Special Unit 2 and First Wave. Pretty young when started acting. We're 13 made me tear up a bit this week. What do you want? Take your hands off me. Oh, not again. Back to the fires. She is unholy. He has a point. She conspires with those who would lead us from the path of origin. I don't know who you've been talking to, but it's a lie. She is an unbeliever, and she must be punished for her sins. Burn, baby, burn. (laughs) Yes, hoping you're big mouth, ain't you, Vella? (laughs) To the wench. Although they are nice and clean villages, obviously they've got a decent water supply and some sort of soap. They're not exactly living in hovels. This has nothing to do with them. I think it does. The Stargate belongs to Russia. <laughs> well, they've got plenty of cannon fodder with China. It's been unwilling to establish and support a Stargate program of its own, but that has changed because China is backing you. <laughs> yes, I mean, diplomatically, it's a bit of a hot potato, isn't it? Indeed. As will your country. You really think my government will give up the gate? <laughs> I do not see what choice they will have. You know, General, that is a very good point. <laughs> what it means, she's pregnant. The village has been corrupted. Apart from you, I have no idea what you're talking about. You? Ah, I was right. No one shall look upon, speak to, or aid such evil. You will tell me who you've conspired with, and the unbelievers will be found out and punished. Have you been watching the new series Salem? Nope. Nope. Very much a similar circumstance. Oh, well, that didn't come off very sincere, did it? <laughs> Is this a test of faith for him? Yeah, no, apparently not. No, he's a, a devout believer. Oh, dear. He is the most dangerous kind of person. A true believer who won't stop for anything. Unchain me. Just the mother of his unborn child. Or so he was supposed to think. Yes, that's semi uh, B5 quote. Season 5. The uh, the seat's new, isn't it? Obviously they decided Claudia had to have something to sit on for her back. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't have a kneeling on the uh, fake concrete. Mm. Fake grease. Concrete made of faith. <laughs> Fortunately, that's not getting too cold at night. I don't think she's going to be in a position to worry about how cold it is. Yeah, I'm sure she'll get nice and posted here soon. Like I say, this hasn't been done by the prior. This is Divis who's doing this. So it's not sanctioned. Yeah, and do you really got one to go against your all-seeing and all-knowing gods? Yeah, but the aura I see all know all. Purportedly. Assuming they happen to be looking. They may be omniscient, but they're not omnipresent. I've got to assume, considering everything we've seen of the Ori, that they do tend to be micromanagers, watching everything within their domain and acting accordingly through their priors. There she goes. Come on, Tomin, where are you? Now this is stunning. (laughs) Peter West said this was his favourite scene, the filming of the Claudia's face. Didn't plan it to look like that, it just came out that way after we were fiddling with the HD cameras. Well, that's where Supernatural got the idea. Well, Supernatural, that was, what, nine years ago? And mm. this was 2006? So they stole it from Supernatural, okay. Could have been the same effect. I, I, I was pushing for our show. I don't know. <laughs> I like I like the uh, person sweeping the concrete paving slabs right next to the ground. <laughs> Everybody have pride in their little piece of the village. You have never understand sweeping dirt. No. Well, I've got to admit, that outfit does tend to emphasise her attributes. And it does indicate there's a method to this madness. She's dying out there. I know. Don't you think if she was going to say anything, she would have told you already? That's it, Toman, about time. So you two have been corrupted and will also burn. You know what? I think Toman has waited for a bit to see if any priors turned up. 
and since after a day they haven't, he's gone out to rescue his uh, his beloved. Okay, guy, we get it. You're a toughen. <laughs> Flexing his arms and his muscles. <laughs> I'm an extra. I don't get to talk. I've got to emote with everything else. Yes, I come from the school of acting. I was left out there without food or water for three days. Wow, three days without water. Be good for the baby. You see more with a word and a raised eyebrow than you do with a word alone. Part of me was hoping it didn't. This is rather serious, isn't it? (laughs) If you give it a bit of thought, it's a very different sign of valour. I mean, given how it was conceived. We're getting some fantastic close-up of the actors. It's hard to explain. Got to be said that Claudia is really, really performing well. Hmm. Well, you may be evil, but I've seen you naked, so <laughs> I'll put up with a lot. That and you're carrying my child, so... Yes, because at this point, as far as he knows, it is his child. Well, given his child it appears to be, I think he'd even be happier. Yes, but a child of an unbeliever, you know. No, isn't it meant to be the Aura's child? Yes, we learn that later in the episode. It was implied by the vision. Yeah, but he hasn't seen the vision, has he? So as far as he knows, that's his child. Is he off to training camp? Yes. With a travel pack. You think they'd have invented backpacks? Why? These people don't travel anywhere. They stay in the villages they were born, and they worship the Ori. This is a very tightly controlled population on all the Ori worlds. For a studio set, that village is beautifully lit. It really does look like it's dawn. Despite Toman's reassurances, the idea of spending a day in the village with Sivas just a stone's throw away made me nervous. Besides, it was high time I did some more extensive recon. Nice wardrobe. Skillfully disguised the bridge as well. Clunk, clink, clunk, clink. As with the Jaffa, they give you plenty of time. Yeah, sounds like the far margin. That was like a child, all right. Or a prior, rather. A little mini one. Yeah. It's sort of fun size prior. What is it about stuff? <laughs> I knew what was happening. I knew where they were going every day, what they were doing. But seeing it was something else entirely. They're really into a nice EGI cliff. This was about 100 square yards of Portland they had to film in. So basically they could lock the camera off and not really move it left and right, otherwise you see roads and signs. General, you wish to see me? you got to give Gary Chalk praise. He, he pulls off the Russian accent pretty well. Mm-hmm. Maybe not realistic, but he does maintain it and keep it up, which is just as difficult. I was in a long auction with the man. Yeah, is he from Canada as well, or is he from the States? Gary Chalk, born in Britain. Britain? Yeah, but raised in uh, Canada. Yeah. Okay. Because he didn't sound British. Then mere courtesy. Doing it with the Chinese representative of the Oversight Committee present was meant to point out China's involvement. That wasn't in the official notification to terminate the treaty given to the president. Obviously it couldn't be. They offered you a deal to back your own SGC program. In truth, you don't really know if you like that scenario any better than the one currently in practice. You did, however, see an opportunity to use it as leverage. Say Rob C. Cooper, who directed the episode and, as I say, wrote it, this was his first direct, di- director, this was his directorial debut. As he said, you know, he realised, hang on a minute, I'm directing Bo Bridges. <laughs> he also says, it was interesting doing it. He wrote, directed, produced. He also did the first AD and gaffered, and it was ideal position to be when they went into overtime. He was the one that authorises it. (laughs) (laughs) They actually ended up filming an extra couple of days for this episode. I promise you don't want to come any closer. You can put that down. It's okay. We had to put you through that. To be sure that we could trust you. Yeah. Tough measures. It was, considering what they put her through. Well, when you've got such a controlled and indoctrinated population. But why would they assume that the Ori or the Prior would come to her rescue? Either she was a believer or not. If she was a believer, she'd be happy to die. If she wasn't a believer, then somebody might rescue her. If not, eh, 
is for money, power, and influence the things you need when you're wanting to mount a rebellion. Do they not fear being discovered by the Ori? Of course, but the only other choice is to do nothing. And what they were planning was quite the opposite of nothing. That must be a seriously high cliff if those ships look that big from here. Yeah. You really think it can work? It has to. The problem is, I keep thinking of them as skeevers. He's definitely a bit skeevy. I've got to praise their faith that this will work. Considering what they know that the priors and the Ori can do, the idea that they could sabotage these ships is, well, maybe fanciful thinking. In a grand celebration, each prior will activate a ship in a show of the Ori's power. Everyone will be there. All those who built the ships, as well as those who will soon board them and go off and fight in the name of the Ori. Tens of thousands. On one planet? You're going to kill all of them. Well, yeah, I'd imagine they'd be building these ships on multiple planets, wouldn't they? So, Stevens has figured it out. They were going to try and undermine the Ori's power by eliminating as many of their followers as they could in one fell swoop. Something I'm not sure we would have done in their position. Well, they probably hadn't figured out that they'd draw their power from them, but it stands to reason get rid of the worshippers, less people. Why did they rip that from Pratchett? It's somebody supposed in a number of books. At this point, I felt I had to take a chance. Now you get the impression that a prior would be able to detect this even through a wooden table. Even if it wasn't activated, the very presence would, you know, be an itch on his subconscious. The communication terminal and the stones have been taken by the prior to Celestis after Dalian and I had been caught using them. How did Cebus get his hands on it? Apparently he has spies among the monks in the city of Celestis. They're humans in training to become priors. Every now and then, artifacts which predate the Ori Ascension are found or dug up, deemed heretical, and then brought to the city to be burnt in the fires. When the communication terminal came through, Sivas's men recognised its significance. I don't know whether I should be impressed at the bravery or stupidity of these people who are defying the Ori. Although I suppose at the height of the Catholic Church there were people who still yeah. stood up and defied them. Galileo fallen. And the Ori didn't know. They, they couldn't tell what was happening right underneath their noses. Can't be sure. But Sivas didn't want me to try and contact you until after the sabotage plan had gone through. In case the Ori detected it. Just to be safe. You're never quite sure until uh, the hammer falls, are you? Mm. <laughs> at which point it's too late. Yeah, well, the problem with the Ori, when all you have is a hammer, every problem is a nail. <laughs> Uh, he's back from the day's workout. Blessed are those who follow the path in unison. Nope, no problem. I'm in the army now. Hello. Hello, Prior. Wow, Valor changed. <laughs> oh, what happened to your hair? Yes. Be honest, love. Don't like this new look. Oh. She must be in market. Must she? To what do I owe the honor of such a visit? Word of your courage has spread. If you refer to my unchaining of Vala, I believe Sivas accused her unjustly. She is not corrupt. Surely the Ori would not have allowed her to have survived so long without food or water. Prior is played by Doug Abrams. Eventually appears in six episodes of the show. Any relation to JJ? I doubt it. Is she now? <laughs> You'd think. So he's the Nick Fury of Priors? <laughs> I think Nick was blind on the left side, not the right. Yeah, well, he's his equal and opposite because he's white rather than black, so he's blind <laughs> on the opposite side. Trust I will use the strength I have been given to fight all unbelievers in the name of the Ori. Yes, but the same wound that made you lame also made you unable to father children. But then... There is no way the Ori, the pride, doesn't know he's there. <laughs> what sort of injury was it? <laughs> made you lame and sterile. Oh, poor Toman. <laughs> that explains so much. So be the dutiful husband and father when the time comes. You're saying she betrayed me. The child is the will of the Ori. That is all that matters. Ooh, nice. Your courage will be rewarded, Tillman. Fear not. Light <laughs> twist. Yes. Hallowed are the children of the Ori. Hallowed are the Ori. And if that doesn't scare you silly, nothing will. I'm sure it's a sleepless night for both. Yeah, <laughs> a lot to think about. <laughs> I think an, a good chat is in order. Well, it looks like it's going to be a long, silent night for both of them. 
studiously ignoring each other, sleeping back to back, doesn't bode well. Hey, no playing with your staff first thing in the morning. Don't go. Today is the day we've been waiting for. Ten priors from Celeste has come to bless the Starcraft we've been building these past many months. Ten starships? That's... Yeah, we say they must be building them on multiple planets. It would be ridiculous if this was the only planet and we just happened to have contact with it. Well, he said they had ten coming to this planet, so... Yeah. How many priors are there? As many as they need. They can make them as and when. And when they become a prior, they are totally devoted. Or deleted. So Celeste is Coruscant. Mm, you could say that, with the Jedi Temple still there. Mm. Kind of on a, a plane that you cannot reach unless you're actually taken there by a prior. It doesn't exist in the physical world as such. I thought the last mm. did. Well, I think they went there without spoiling too much. In one of the movies afterwards, they flew to Celestis. Don't you ever just get bad feelings? Of course I do. Then I turn to the Ori for guidance. So is that strictly a fighting staff or does it zap? Oh, you'll see what he does in a bit. The day reckoning for all those who were raised by evil is upon them i have spent my whole life waiting for the chance to walk the path as i do now my only hope was that you would walk it with me yeah, that is a bit ominous isn't it uh, he says wrath rather than wrath blessed are those who walk in unison let he who is without sin and he leaves behind his child to fight in a war against a people he has never met. When you say day of reckoning... We've heard numerous reports of the priors in this galaxy warning of an impending doomsday. A day when all who have renounced the Ori will feel their wrath. We knew the priors were just the first wave. The real crusade is about to begin. The ships are planning to leave. But that would mean somewhere out there the Ori have a working supergate. <laughs> Hang on a minute, yes. <laughs> well, they've long suspected it, they've been on the lookout, and it's, mm. well, let's face it, it's a big galaxy. A lot of places that they can hide one. Yep, and you get the idea that the Ori ships have FDL drives that surpass anything that even the Asgard have got. Men, women and children did not die that day. Seamus's plan failed. You know, I wouldn't want to be standing this close to them, just in case it did explode. Oh well, <laughs> time to go, quickly. In fact, move to another village, change your hair. <laughs> Running away isn't going to save you. The sabotage had broken down. Whether the Ori had detected it or the Priors managed to thwart it on their own, we don't know. All we know is that the ships came to life and nothing happened. Except the crowd cheered and began prostrating, praying for a swift victory over all unbelievers. Do you have any other intel we could use? You said the Sebus had access to the specs on the ships. What kind of weaponry do they have? In shields. And anything on the power source they're using. No, no, I... Hello? Hmm. Whoa. <laughs> Something's changed. Daniel! <laughs> <laughs> and what have I been eating? <laughs> Jackson? How did I get here? The emulator's still running. Something must have happened on Valazan. Surprise! Ooh, nasty. Straight in the heart. In the uh, back. And she bounced off. That bosom didn't protect her. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, it's more of the dress than the good self. You might want to watch the uh, DVD extras that actually do some behind-the-scenes footage of that scene. They wanted it to look brutal. Had the stunt woman literally bounce off the uh, bar to show the brutality of it. No! I am deaf to all but the teachings of origin! The prior told me Sivas was corrupt that he tried to sabotage the ceremony and would have killed thousands. He sent me here to kill Sivas, and here I found you with him conspiring over that device. They made me do it. Conspiring. Conspiring, even. Blame the non-believers. <laughs> work it, Vala, work it. Her brain does change gear so fast. What they did to me out there, wouldn't you? They thought this device was for communication, but they were too afraid to use it themselves, so they kidnapped me and forced me to do it for them. <laughs> He's wavering. Did the prior tell you I was with them? Did he tell you to kill me? No. Well, there you go, then. Were you able to communicate with the unbelievers far away? Yes. And there is much I can tell you about them if you just put that weapon down. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you have to believe me, please. They weren't even subtle in the duplication of the Jaffa staffs there, were they? Just a slight change. I overheard your conversation with the prior the other day. Well, it's more simplistic, which actually probably implies that it's more advanced. But I was so afraid. What he said shocked me. <sighs> that this child is the will of the Ori? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. That's the key to staying alive. Herman, I swear, I have not betrayed you. I have not been with anyone but you. So if you truly cannot father a child, then this baby is a miracle. It's our miracle, and this is a great burden which I cannot bear alone. So from this point on, we must walk the path together. Keep begging up. Say something, Toman. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> hey, believe it or not, mate, she's been honest in that. She has been faithful while she's been married to you. Where does it go? I must leave soon for war. Then I must come with you. With Vala, that may be a little bit surprising. Well, not just a little bit. In a place where you probably get born for adultery. The fires of hell are not mythical in this planet. On the positive side, though, I expect the Ori punish the man and the woman. Oh, could God it work. Great sigh of relief there. Yes, very heartfelt. So what exactly did we have to give up in the end? 304. Really? Ooh. <laughs> How much did that cost to build? <laughs> Colonel Chekhov's had his eye on one for a while. The latest was just about to roll out. I thought the next Daedalus-class ship wasn't due out of the pipeline for over a year. It was a huge concession, but we didn't have much choice. Oh, the Chinese aren't going to be very happy about that, are they? Mm. After she was grooming Daniel to uh, be part of their program. We're monitoring the existing black holes that we know of, but it's a big galaxy. That's what Michael said. <laughs> <laughs> ah, surely they've thought about this beforehand. I mean, Cameron brought the idea up of actually looking for it a couple mm. of episodes ago. If the Ori can send troops and ships here, we're going to need every advantage we can find. Merlin was working on a weapon to fight the Ori. Every ally we have and everyone else in this base has already devoted themselves to finding the Supergate. No Ori, no power. That's it. <laughs> yeah. The staffs do nothing, no miracles. This weapon won't help us against their followers. I don't think so, no, but it'll be a lot easier convincing their followers their gods are false if their gods aren't around anymore. Go. It sounds so easy. Somehow, yeah, I don't think it's going to be. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. We've got an entire season to play with. We have indeed. And that was Crusade, part one of... Is it a three-parter, technically? Mm. I don't think they label it that way, but it definitely flows into each other real well. Yeah, Rob C. Cooper finished off his commentary with saying his goal was not to make a fool of himself and to make a show that didn't suck. I think he pretty much achieved that. Oh, I could say something hugely inappropriate there about Fella. Uh, don't. <laughs> I say, on the DVD extras, there's a kind of a small documentary featuring Rob while he was filming this episode. He said he was nine years on the show, not a babe in the woods. He also picked the brains of Peter DeLuise, Martin Wood and Andy Makita, who, between them, directed the bulk of the Stargate SG-1 episodes. He eventually went on to direct two episodes of SG-1, three of SGA and three of SGU. He wrote 37 episodes of SG-1, five of Atlantis and six of Universe. Yeah, I keep hoping they'll bring out a new Stargate something or the other. We're kind of hoping that by the time we finish in about three years, they might have something <laughs> new and we could do it on a, week, on a current week-to-week basis. Yeah. Well, I think Universe had the potential to go on. It just they put it on the worst night. It was a slow first season getting going. Somebody said regarding, I'm not going to spoil because I don't know where Michael or you are in it, but somebody said following Revelation in the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if the show had been like this from the start, I'd have really watched it. I'm hoping to keep this up for the next season. To which I believe mm-hmm. my exact response was, <laughs> it's a slow burn. It's taken 18 episodes to get really good and interesting and establish a complex backstory. There's never going to be another season. I don't know, with SGU, I think it took about half the first season for it to really start getting into it all. I mean, once you got, oh, I can't remember the scientist's name. Um, Rush. Yeah, Dr. Rush. Once Rush really started going off his own and starting to crack the codes. Yeah, yeah, I can say off the reservation. Once he started going, it started picking up a lot. Yeah, after the initial, okay, we got to save ourselves first, it picked up from there. Oh, yeah. About the seventh or eighth episode, it kind of found its feet. 
you know, it handled the day-to-day things of uh, having to live on Destiny. The strange thing is, there were a lot of viewer discussion about the merits of the show early on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I don't think they realised that the first season was filmed in, in the can as it was being broadcast. So I think a lot of people think that the complaint actually pushed the writers to change the first season. And actually they didn't. It was always meant to be like that. Yeah. I was surprised at some of the choices they made. The fact that you know Eli finds love, I mean, is, I think, primarily the character that your average geek is supposed to identify with. Well, he is your average geek. Yeah. And, uh, well, he's above average geek. He is the geek what Sam Carter is to scientists. <laughs> Remind me to use that line while we're actually covering it. <laughs> if sci-fi hadn't moved it to Tuesdays, it definitely would have done a lot better, because Friday was the time that everybody could watch sci-fi. I mean, it was sci-fi after all. But then they had to bring in wrestling. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah. You? What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Well, there was just a single comment on last week's episode over on our Facebook group. Evelyn Duncan posted, This was the first time I was angry at the Atlantis crew. Michael was a prisoner of theirs, and they did medical experiments and mind games on him that would do Mengele proud. I replied, Yes, they went well into the grey area when it comes to medical ethics. Carson fans should ask themselves some serious questions. Thanks, Evelyn, for taking the time to post a comment. Very much appreciated. And once again, we see that Twitter, perhaps because it's more fleeting, seems to be our busiest social media platform. But I really can't express how much we do like to read comments, and not only about our own show, but Stargate itself. And oh yes, thanks to those that are starting threads and posting news. It all helps to make our community. We have a few birthdays for the upcoming week, beginning with Ian Buchanan, who played the human form replicator first in the SG-1 episode Unnatural Selection. Ian's birthday is on the 16th of June. Sharing that date is Enid Ray Adams, who appeared only once on SG-1 in the episode Prometheus as Jones. She has also been in many of the shows I like to watch, including Supernatural, Arctic Air and Fringe. On the 19th of June, Chell Horsdal has her birthday. She was Lieutenant Wilmack in five episodes of SG-1, and also played Eren in the Atlantis episode Tracker, and Iman in the Universe webisode Variety. Finally, on the 21st of June, Erica Durans will be celebrating her birth. She played Krista James in the SG-1 episode Affinity, and went on to star as Lois Lane on Smallville, and Dr. Alex Reed on Saving Hope. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via any of these methods. We have a contact form on gatecast.co.uk, and our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Google Plus under Gatecast or you can find us under a general Stargate search. And on Twitter we are at TheGateCast, which is one word. The podcast is also listed on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, and we would love reviews and ratings on those services. But more importantly, stay tuned and enjoy the show. That's it for now, folks. Let's return to the show. Well, I'll just mention that uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed. Yay! OK then, folks, that was Crusade. Next week's episode, we're back on Atlantis, it'll be Inferno. And Thomas will be joining us for that as well. Indeed I will, it's going to be a fun episode. It should be. Okay. So until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And this is Thomas. See you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Bye.